three-yard attempt from the right hash mark. And, oh, he hits the upright again. That's impossible. He does it again. Did this hit the upright and the crossbar? Oh, my goodness. The Bears' season's going to end on a double doink. Unbelievable. How many times can they hit the upright? Five. But that's the whole tragic point, my friends. What would I do if I could suddenly feel and to know once again What would I do if I could feel? It's the legendary Stayos Podcast back again. I'm here with George. What's going on, everybody? We are back. We are back. The Legendary Stay Off Podcast. We can be found on any outlet that will give you podcasts. Google Play, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. Search us on Google. I'm sure something will pop up where you can listen to this Legendary Stay Off Podcast Follow us on social media at Stayos Podcast on Instagram as well as Twitter. It's been a dark day, dark week yeah. for the city of Chicago, for Bears fans everywhere. The Chicago Bears fell 16-15 to the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, capped off by a missed field goal from Cody Parkey. <laughs> Cody Parkey uh, was quite the magician this year. He hit the oh, goal yeah. post five times during the regular season, and he went for a most impressive feat. He outdid himself by <laughs> hitting someone's hand, hitting the goal post, and hitting the crossbar. In a futile effort to snatch victory for the Chicago Bears. Yeah. I mean, many say they were a year early, and I somewhat agree, but I'm also of of the I'm also of the mindset that you seize opportunity when you have it. And the Bears had to seize that opportunity. Because you can't take NFL seasons for granted. You can't take the the measure of good health you have for granted. Right. And then now you're on the map. Now people see you. Now people know you. They're going to play you with those expectations. You won the NFC North. So you're going to get, you're going to get treated like a real football team. Now I hope this can be sustained. I remember in the eighties when I was younger, that there was a, a different vibe to going into a football season when you knew 
that you were going to make the playoffs. You were going to uh, probably win the division, but at least challenge in the playoffs. You knew that was coming every year with those uh, mid-80s Bears. And it was a great feeling to know you were always in Super Bowl contention and even yeah. then carried by the defense. So hopefully that can be sustained here, but that does not take away from the pain of that Philadelphia game when, when the Eagles, to be quite honest, the Eagles did not play an impressive brand of football. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think it was impressive either. Uh, obviously, you play to win the game, so sometimes some wins are glorious, some wins are ugly. Oh, God. I, I, I don't even I, – I couldn't – bring myself to even talk about this for a, a good amount of time. I, I, I didn't even think that I would be able to talk about it even now, even on a podcast. Like when it happened, when, when Cody kicked that ball the second time in my mind before it happened, I said, this dude is going to lose us the chance to move forward. And sure enough, like you said, he did everything. He outdid himself, you know, during the season, doink, doink, doink. This time it's a double doink. You know, you hit a hand, a fingertip, then you hit the upright, then you hit the, 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 the crossbar, and then you hit every Chicago fan right in the middle of their heart. So it, it, it oh my God. Yes, we, we were not expected to win the Super Bowl this year. A lot of experts didn't predict the Bears to be this good, even with the Khalil Mack. Like, even after the trade, you know, you would think maybe 9-7, and 10-6 and six at the most, you know, maybe second place in the division. But, uh, man, great season. Uh, you got you to gotta try to grab that thing by the horns when you can. That's why I agree. I totally agree with you, man. You know, yeah, we may have, you know, better shots or more shots at the Apple in the, in, the, in the very near future, maybe next year or the year after, whatever the case may be. But you got to try and win in the moment. You got to win now. You never know because the season uh, schedule is going to change next year. Things are going to be different. Health, like you said, may, may be different. Injuries may occur early in the season. You just don't know. And uh, yeah, Park Parky, boy, I tell you, he, he, he didn't made a lot of bad choices this past week. <laughs> Now he's on this media tour. And, and initially speaking, I, get, I had mad respect for Parker. He manned up. He took it like a man in the interviews. You know, he, he wasn't on suicide watch or anything. He manned up. And I give it to him. I really do. But ever since, he's kind of had this, this shell of hubris around him and, and some of the things he's done. And it's, it's almost like when, when it came out, that the NFL officially called it a block, which that tip did not change the trajectory of that kick. I don't care what anyone's, what anyone says, but when it came out that it was officially a block, it's almost like he felt like that absolved him. Now that he was absolved, he's going to go and do the today show. I'm sure it's not the end. You know, if you're, you're somewhat a celebrity and I don't understand, but it's the world we live in. You're, you're a celebrity for, your failure and futility just as much as for your success these days. But if he's, he's going to take advantage of it, who, who honestly wouldn't, but I think any level of integrity, uh, Cody would just sit down and lay low for a while. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know who told him, Hey, uh, this would be a good idea. PR people, they dropped the ball on that. I, I, and then what I heard, cause I didn't, I didn't bother even watching that, that I didn't even know it was going to happen. 
You know, I, I heard it through. <laughs> like, you're on the Today Show, and it was, uh, from what I heard, it was just some generic, random, like, questions about, you know, you know how he feels and him moving on. And it's all, it, it was, it, it almost seemed like it was just self-glory. Like, you, you, you're, you're putting yourself above the team. You know, and and the Chicago Bears, man, I'm going to be honest, man, all those guys on that team, they're doing a really good job of supporting him, at least on the outside, you know, doing a good job of being being good teammates um, and, and, and not letting him pretty much go into a black hole. But, man, the way he's handling this is, is not good. And like I said before, if he if he already was almost gone, in my opinion, that kind of took it over the edge. There's no way Cody Parkey needs to be in blue and orange next year. He needs to be gone next week. Uh, the, the, like, how do you how do you even have a person like that come back and face the noise the next year? Do you realize as soon as he misses even any type of kick next year, if he's still here, he's going to be criticized. He's going to be booed. He's going to be threatened. That, that That's just not a smart move. You got to move on from him now. I honestly believed up until a couple of days ago, I believed Cody was coming back. My initial response was he's got to be gone. And then after that, that initial response, cause I was still, you know, in the, in the midst of disbelief. But even after that, you know, I sat down and I got a level of reason. I said, you know what? He signed to the long deal. It's going to be tough to eat $3 million on a kicker. They may just bring him back. Then he did the Today Show thing, and I heard he's, he's got some other interviews lined up. <laughs> That's not a good look. Not and like you said, he can't come back after doing that. It's almost like he wants to be gone. And I don't blame him. You, you, what, what's funny is I actually had this conversation with my mom a couple of days ago. And now my, my mom has been, she actually introduced me to loving sports. Back then, you know, when MJ was playing, uh, we used to watch the Bulls games faithfully, man. That's when she actually knew about sports. She knew the lingo and everything. Now she's just kind of like, you know, she's, she's a every now and then sports fan. She'll watch some big games or whatever, whatever may pop on. But it's funny. My mom even said, like, Cody Parkey doesn't even look like he's a Chicago Bear. Like he doesn't, it doesn't even look like he's made for for this city. He's like, why does that 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 little boy? He look like he need to be on the beach somewhere sipping a culotta. Like he does not look like he's rough and he's tough enough to be on the Bears. He don't look gritty enough. I say, hey, mom, you, you know what? You might be right. And 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 sure enough, the way he's handling it, it, it just doesn't it. <sighs> I respect him on one end for for manning up and staying in the locker room, facing the noise. But that doesn't make me feel any better. It doesn't make me feel any better. Make the kick. You have one job to do. That's why you don't have multiple kickers on the team. They they, they can't take up so many roster spots because you have other more important players on the team. But you're still known to do one job. Make sure you do it. And people say, well, there's other things that went on. So let's address the other complaints that I've heard okay. and that I may, I myself may have concerning this game. Now, personally, I have only one other complaint, and that's this. As far as the Bears' strategy approaching this game, 
So I'm going to make my complaint and I'm going to give the likely rebuttal and how I will respond to it because I kind of believe this a little bit. In our show, our last episode, we spoke on how the back seven of the Eagles can be had because they're injury, they're injured and trash. And nothing about the way I feel has changed. Trevon LeBlanc is a starting cornerback for the Philadelphia Eagles. He was a retread and cast off from both the Chicago Bears and Detroit Lions. So he's bad. He's bad. He's bad. <sighs> so I thought the Bears should have come out slinging the football around. I thought they should have gone for the big plays early. Now, the rebuttal to that, to the Bears being more aggressive early, which I really think they should have been, the rebuttal to that is this. Mitch Trubisky's first playoff game. You bring him in. You wanted him to get settled in. You wanted him to make some easy throws coming in early. You wanted to get the running game going. So I can understand the lack of aggression early, but I just really wish they had just gone ahead and, and punched the Eagles in the mouth early. And it seems like everybody was conservative. You know, it seemed like, Kyle Fuller was was 12 yards off Alshon Jeffrey, and you know Alshon got up and he was chirping all first quarter because he was basically making these catches within the the 15 yard cushion Kyle Fuller, Fuller was giving him, and all of a sudden he was the greatest receiver ever. Mm-hmm. But he, when Kyle closed that cushion later on <laughs> in the game, you didn't hear from Alshon Jeffrey anymore. No. But no. just, I just wish they'd been a little more aggressive, but I understand easing into the first playoff game, especially for Mitch. I've heard people complain about the two-point conversion, that it might have been too cute or what have you. He's been doing that all year. Nagy's been doing it all year, bringing out defensive players, throwing in linebackers and things like that using players as decoys for other players. You know, the the play against the Vikings, he had three linebackers in and two of them were decoys in the other direction. Nagy does that. Nagy does that. Um, my only problem with that play was, it's just it seems like you did all that window dressing and you went kind of soft about the play, which, which, is, which is fine. So I have really no problem with the two-point conversion attempt. And then you needed that. Had you gotten that, you still would have won, right? So no, they 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 would have tied. Would have tied. They would have, would have been tied. Would have been tied. So so there's that. Yep. Outside of that, I have no real problems mm. with the way. The game was approached on, on a schematic level. The Eagles, they, they kind of mucked it up a little bit. But the Eagles didn't do it. Like everybody's talking about the magic of Nick Foles and yada yada. Eagles didn't do squat. Nick Foles got outplayed severely by Mitch Trubisky. Trubisky didn't turn the ball over. He threw over 300 yards, the most yards ever by a Bears quarterback uh, in the playoffs. Mitch mm. did his job. Nick Foles looked regular. Nick Foles looked like a backup who was starting an NFL game. So I don't want to hear anybody talking about the magic of Nick Foles. There's no such thing. There's no such thing. He made an easy pass to Golden Tate 
for the last touchdown. Where if that's Bryce Callahan instead of Sherry McManus. Now McManus has played well, but he hasn't played like Bryce. That's Bryce Callahan. Yeah. That that completion doesn't get made. Bryce is a little more aggressive, uh, a, a little oh, tougher. Absolutely, I think Bryce Callahan would have made a difference. And that's not let's not forget who didn't play either. Eddie Jackson. I think that 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 first of all, the 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 touchdown that that the Eagles got, there weren't enough defenders on the field. I don't know who in the world or how that happened with the with the oh, number the one defensive team. I don't. I don't understand how that happened either. Yeah, but that that was one of those games, like you said, it's an ugly game. You go and you get the ugly win, and you move on, and you you get those butterflies out your stomach, and now you know you're smooth and you're coasting as a as a playoff team. It just so happens that there weren't enough points, and I and I said during the game, you know, in in text chats and things like that that the Bears needed 20. And I said that. I said, if the, if the Bears score 20, they're not going to lose this game. Unfortunately, yeah. they couldn't get 20. Yeah. 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 I, I uh, yeah. I, I have a lot of problems still, though, man. I know, you know, on the surface, we can say Cody Parkey, Cody Parkey. Yeah, because at the end of the game, you, you could have won it. You know, and yes, there always is more than one person to blame. You know, what happened with that defensive lapse? Why weren't there 11 people on the field? You know, uh, you could also attribute it to uh, the, the the first half of being just very vanilla and, and kind of soft with the play calling and not, not being a little bit more aggressive. Like, I don't understand why you just didn't come out the gate and attack and attack and attack. And they were saying that that guy, whatever his name is, Maddox, the rookie cornerback who was on Allen Robinson, who Allen Robinson pretty much took to school in the second half. Why in the world didn't you didn't you realize that early on in the game? Allen Robinson should have had 300 yards receiving and three touchdowns on on on, on a guy like that, Javante uh, Maddox. You should have been taking advantage of him. Yeah, he jumps and bites on routes and and cuts, and that's especially with him. And what I noticed about him, he doesn't have a lot of recovery. Ability, so once no. you get to jump on that route, it's over. And I don't. It took a while for them to realize that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, some of the that, stuff was set up. You know, I mean, and you get it. You know, Nagy's a, a chess player. He'll do things ad nauseum to get you on a level of comfort, and it'll open it up later in the game. And that seemed like that was some of what he was doing. But you know, those guys are terrible. Bad is bad, and I, I'm. Part of this is hope and part of this is belief. They're going to go into New Orleans and get smashed. Yeah, well, you know how people feel about these magical eagles and the magic that knows, knows Foles brings about. It's We'll see. We'll see. I, I can't even think about that game. I'm not watching it. I'm going to just be honest. I, I'll hear about it. And I know that's bad because, you know, as a podcaster, I, I, I need to be and I don't need to be too biased, but uh, I, I just need a little time off because there's another thing that that's really kind of kind of eating at me uh, uh, about a player who didn't play at all, who quite honestly might have altered the game just because the game plan might have centered around him a little bit more. And uh, this was a former Eagle who actually was very pivotal in the championship they won last year. And uh, this guy's name is Trey Burton. 
So Trey Burton supposedly was good all week, you know, leading up to the game, went through practice, was fine. And then Friday, he, I guess, after practice. Saturday morning, his groin locked up. Okay, Saturday morning. Groin locks up. The reason he gives, and I don't want to judge anybody. I don't know, you know, maybe it's just the way he explained it. Maybe he's just not good with, you know, uh, uh, word usage. But he says when when his body feels a threat, it locks up. Where in the world did your groin injury come from when all week you had no issues? Now, I'll tell you my opinion. My, my, my opinion, and this, again, is only my opinion. I'm not stating it as fact. Is he began to be he, – he, he, his anxiety took over, basically. He has extreme anxiety. We know how that was with him in the other game where he couldn't even uh, uh, be the guy that, that was supposed to throw the ball. I believe it was the Giants game when Tariq Cohen threw it to Anthony Miller on that, that trick play to tie the game up. It was supposed to be Trey Burton that threw that ball, but he said he couldn't do it, and Nagy just switched it up. Could it possibly be that Trey Burton locked up because you're playing your old team? Uh, you know, the, the 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 pressure is high. This is a playoff game. And, you know, you probably knew that you were a big integral part of the offense and the play play calling for this week. And you just couldn't do it. But now the excuse is, oh, man, my, my, my groiny, it, 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 it locked up on me. When my body feels threatened, it just freezes up. Okay. All right. I didn't, I didn't know that he had anxiety with that play against the Giants. Yeah. It was supposed to be for him. They 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 documented that. Oh yeah, that was that was Trey Burton's pass that he was supposed to throw. It wasn't supposed to be Tariq. So why did he do it so easily on the biggest stage ever? That's another reason why it's weird and it's strange. And and that's another reason why you don't want to assume that somehow he just can't take the pressure or maybe he's he's developing some sort of extreme anxiety or or whatever condition. But it just it doesn't sound right, man. And, 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 you know, hopefully, you know, down the road, we kind of, you know, you, you kind of have some things come out a little bit more as to what is really going on. And it, it could be just the groin and maybe he slept wrong. I don't know. I don't want I, I don't want to dog him too much. It just it just doesn't sound right, man. Wow. Both Trey Burton and Cody Parkey, ex-Eagles. OK. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, all that aside, I mean, it's disappointing. It was a rough week, but you do laud the success and glory of this past Bears season. This has been the most fun Bears team in a long time. Even, I mean, winning, having your team win is always fun. Yeah. Just simply on the surface, a fun team. I think this team is even more fun than those Erlacher Briggs teams. Oh, yeah. I mean, they were like, they were exciting to watch. There were some characters there, obviously Peanut Tillman and Chris Harris and those guys. But this team is fun. Everything surrounding it is fun. The the way they're interacting with the media and the way Nagy is, the whole club dub and. The boom and oh, this is this is a fun team, man. Hopefully, they can keep winning and, and let this fun 
prolonged. But one drawback of having a successful season, and especially an unexpectedly successful season, is when there are coaching vacancies, teams tend to want to come to your coaching staff and pluck their next head coaches and coordinators. And yeah. that is to the Chicago Bears, the evil genius, the godfather, <sighs> is now the coach of the Denver Broncos being pulled away as the Chicago Bears defensive mastermind to now lead his own team in Denver for John Elway. His replacement, former Colts head coach Chuck Pagano. Yeah, the, the 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 Broncos made him an offer he couldn't refuse, and I, I'm not I'm not mad at him. I'm not mad at him. I I, I mean, you know, or should we? Yeah, he did his job. He he's done his job. He's he has a, a huge reputation. You know, you see the track record, and of course, as a as a coordinator, eventually, you know, I would think that every every coordinator's goal when you get to the NFL. Is, is to eventually be able or have a shot at running your own team, being the head coach, the head honcho. And Vic Vangio deserves it. Long history of success on the defensive end. You got to give it to him, and it was only right. You know, obviously, as, as a Chicago Bears fan, you want to be selfish and, and say, no, just stay here. We'll give you all the money we, we, we can to just go ahead and stay up in that, in that booth up top and call the defense. But, uh, Congratulations to Vic, man. You know, I think that's a good setup for him. Now he's going down to Denver, Denver, and uh, you know he's going to be uh, coaching Von Miller and uh, Chubb. That's that's going to be nice for him. That's a nice little start out for him. Yeah, yeah. And they got to be thrilled too, man. Seeing what he can do to defenses and for defenses. And Pagano is is in a good spot. He was uh, when the Ravens. Had some solid defenses right after Marvin Lewis. It was Pagano who was behind that. And unfortunately for him, he's in kind of a tough situation because you have the best defense in the league and they're young and flying all over the field. And he's got to maintain that. And that's that's going to be a tough position because any failing this defense has, even due to natural regression, you're going to look at, but Ghana will be like, hey, you know, what's going on? So that is some added pressure, but easiest job you can get. It's a self-made defense. You just got to make the right calls. There is uh, talk and on the record that Pagano is a little more aggressive than Vic was. So you may see a little more blitzing. Okay. Uh, but he is a, a solid D.C. Yeah, I, I heard about the history with the with the Ravens before he went to the Colts. Somebody said that when he actually has talent around him or talent to coach, that uh, he can make a good team or a good defensive squad great. And so as much as I think Vic Fangio, in my opinion, is the best defensive coordinator or was the best defensive coordinator now that he's a head coach in the league, uh, if, if Chuck can kind of pick up the pieces and just keep this ball rolling, because you got young players almost in every important position on the defense. Nobody is old on this team, on this defensive side of the ball. So so that's the good thing. It's not like Vic is leaving a, a squad that is full of veterans like the the age of Ray Lewis. And, you know, now you just, you kind of 
are on a down downward trend of, of talent and, and you know years in the league. Now you got you you're taking over a team that is just now kind of touching their potential. So we'll we'll see what happens. I, I do like the I, I think this is a, a the best outcome, you know, after Vic left. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll get into it further on down the road, but just looking at the team over the past year, looking at the fact that you have Pagano now coming in, what would you like to see the Bears improve? There's no first or second round pick. So, and then honestly, not a lot of money to spend in free agency. So whatever you get, you're going to have to maybe try to get something. And Pace is good for this, though. Getting some stuff in the middle of the draft. Yes. Finding, finding free agents on their way up to where you're not paying a, a, a ton of money for him, but you're catching him just at the right point. Or he sees certain things in, in guys, where, and they, when they get here, it blossoms. So he gets them just in time for those abilities to blossom. So yeah. what, what do you think this team needs going forward to help get them over the hump? Um, just looking at the roster in the whole, I would say, you know, if Jordan Howard isn't back, or even if he is back, I would say maybe some depth at running back in the form of somebody that's a little bit more elusive, more more speedy, more shifty like a Tariq Cohen, but with a little bit more size. You know, I, 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 I trust that Pace can probably do his homework and find somebody kind of kind of like how he found Tariq Cohen in a draft or in free agency, whatever the case may be. And then showing up that offensive line. Uh, Massey, he's not awful, but uh, I would like to see an upgrade on Massey. Charles Leno Jr., he, he's okay. Uh, I think I, 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 I wouldn't mind just keeping him where he's at, at that tackle uh, position. But uh, definitely uh upgrade on Massey and uh, running back. Okay. I'm not – I'm not understanding the obsession with Mizell. <laughs> Why is he here? <laughs> like, what does he do that – Benny Cunningham or Tariq Cohen weren't doing. Like I'm not, I'm not getting it. I don't know, bro. I, and that's that's one thing I didn't get. I mean, is Mizell related somehow to Nagy or? But I, I I didn't get it. But one thing I'd like to see. I'm okay with the running back situation. It could improve. So if you did that, cool. If you could find somebody with a little more breakaway speed, as Jordan Howard. I think the Bears need another speed receiver. I think you need a guy that can truly take the lid off of defenses. I think you need a 4-2-4-3-4-4 guy who is just a nine-route killer where he's going he's gonna to take nine routes and beat the corner or he's going to do deep post routes and beat the corner. And I think that truly will open up the offense. Also, That's a good point. The Bears – Need another corner. You don't know if Bryce is coming back. Yeah. So another corner uh, would help. Even if you get Bryce back, I think a little more depth at that position would truly help at corner and safety. So third mm-hmm. safety, an- another corner would yeah. really, really help this team. Even though Deion Bush, in my opinion, Deion Bush played fairly well. Yeah. You knew he wasn't there, but it wasn't glaring that Eddie wasn't there, you know? It wasn't like they were getting beat deep with Deion Bush back then. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think I think Bryce Callahan. I don't know if his draft, oh, not draft, but if his trade value kind of took a hit because of his injury. I'm just maybe I'm just hoping that it did, <laughs> and he he's just a free agent. he's a free agent going into the offseason. Ah, okay. So, so we'll have to see if we can retain him. I got you. So, those are the things I'm looking at. A little more speed on offense, and yeah. just another solid corner on defense. And you can get those in later rounds. Solid nickel guys, solid slot guys. So, the Bears don't need a lot. They just need to progress, and maybe another offensive lineman. Maybe another offensive lineman. So yeah. that's what we'd like to see for the Bears. Again, it was a great season. Congratulations to Vic Bongio. Congratulations to Chuck Pagano. Welcome to Chicago, Chuck. And uh, we wish you well with this great defense. Keep it going. Keep it going. Yes, sir. So something else we want to dive into. <laughs> don't sound so don't sound so sad. <laughs> Oh, I think they know what's coming because of the tone of your voice. <laughs> the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> uh. <laughs> they played the Golden State Warriors again. Yay! How did that go? Remember when the Bulls lost by 107 to the Warriors earlier this year? And I said that. <laughs> and I said that Fred Hoiberg should be fired immediately. Yeah. And that it should trickle upward. Well, the Bulls didn't lose by 107 this time. They lost by 49. Was it 49? After 30 yards count. Yeah, I I don't know. But it was a lot. It was a lot. There was 116 points going into the fourth quarter by the Warriors. There was 41 points in the first quarter by the Warriors, highlighted by a Jonas Jerebko 70-foot three. Yeah, that was beautiful. Well done. Well done. The Warriors dismantled. <laughs> oh. I don't even uh, know a word for what they did. Dismantled sounds too nice. This franchise is so not ready for anything. <laughs> like, no disrespect to the kid. Uh, if he wears a Bulls jersey next year, fine. Zion Williamson does not fix that 50-point drubbing you got. No, it doesn't. He doesn't. No, he doesn't. Which tells me that even with Zion Williamson, you're not ready for the Warriors. (sighs) Which means this franchise isn't ready. All these pieces that you're building up is... (sighs) They're not not ran right. That's why I told you last week, you can have talent on a team. We have talent on a team. And I'll just put it like this. I'll tell you one reason why this, this talent and this team is not ran right. Laurie Marketing took eight shots yesterday. Eight shots. How in the world can you develop somebody as talented as Larry Marketing? And have him take eight shots. It's been more than one, on one occasion this year where he has not been either the, the the center of the offense in a game or he's just not being aggressive aggressive enough to uh, ask for the ball like Zach Levine does. Zach Levine gets his. Oh, best believe Zach Levine is going to get his. 
But and that's he's crippling the talent. That's where the conflict is. Like we all we all thought looking at this team on the surface, hey, if we get Zach Levine and Lowry marketing and pick and roll situations, they're gonna flourish. It's gonna open the floor for Zach and Lowry. It's gonna be a pick your poison deal. Teams aren't gonna be able to stop you. Here's the thing. Zach Levine is going to get his shots. Zach Levine is going to shoot. He continues to shoot the worst shots in the flow of an offense. Even if they're going in, great. He's making difficult shots. And that's good in some spurts. But not when you have talent and perhaps even superior talent on your team. In my opinion, Larry Markman is the most talented player on that team. Yeah. He's a talented player on that team. And you're looking him off and you're creating ice situations and just chucking up shots. Get Lowry involved. Run pick and roll, open the floor up for him and get him involved. And that opens up the floor for everyone else. But Zach wants to take these difficult shots in one-on-one situations where dribble, 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 and the flow of the offense is not is not fluid. It's not taking place. Now, is that partly boiling? Yes. But it could also just be a bad combination of talent. It yep. could be that. It's time we can admit that. It could be a bad combination of talent. They don't mesh. And people, it's not like the players are trying to be bad. Because think about it. You really think Zach Levine, you really think Jabari Parker and Wendell Carter and Lowry Markkinen want the Bulls to get a high draft pick so that somebody can come in and take one of their spots and take their shots and their touches? You really think they want that? No. Mm-hmm. Nope. Nope. So front office management, coaching, is behind all of this, but you also have to understand that you cannot continue to sell this bill of goods because it's time to face the facts. And I may be wrong going forward, but I doubt it. It's time to face the facts. Zach Levine and Lowry Marketing cannot successfully coexist long-term. I, I, I don't see it either. I don't see how that will work. You don't have... I, I don't... My fear is that Zach Levine, and I might have said this once, and it, it hasn't manifested itself fully yet, you know, so maybe there's hope, but I fear that he's going to turn into Jimmy Butler 2.0. And in the sense of it's me, I need to get the ball, move out the way, ISO Jimmy, ISO Zach. Uh Zach Levine has more potential to be better than Jimmy Butler. Zach Levine has all the talent in the world to potentially make his teammates better around him. It's a matter of if he's going to be willing to sacrifice some of the horrible shot selection he he has to do that. And to understand you're not the only one that can put the ball in the basket. So please step aside at times and do what's right for the team. Do you want to win or do you want to look good? Do you want to be the guy or do you want to be the guy who actually makes your team better? You see, when you're deluded into thinking that your team is better because you're scoring, to think that you're the guy that's going to carry this squad. 
it's yeah it's frustrating it's frustrating it's very very frustrating and I like Zach I like Lowry there are individual pieces on this Bulls team that I like that doesn't mean they can coexist and this boiling thing this needs to end it needs to end I mean I, I was I was partially on his side he's a maniac I was on his side with the practice thing because <laughs> the players played themselves out of their position. They 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 weren't staying in their role, saying they weren't going to practice. You practice after you lose by sixty when your coach calls a practice. You just do that. It's something you do. But he's a maniac. True. But let's come to grips with this. Even though he's gaining a little bit, seemingly apparently he's gaining a little. A little bit of the respect of his players. I just don't think he's a good coach. I don't think this is the guy you want to to have his hands on your on your Zion on on your RJ. You don't want this guy doing the tutelage. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> it's it's not going well. The guy is is a nutcase. The front office are nutcases. The Bulls team are a bunch of nuts. Like. There, there's a reason why I don't watch Bulls games anymore. I mean, I, I just, I just check the box score. I see who's doing what. Oh, Zach Levine at 29. Oh, okay, great. Oh, Larry Market only had 11 points. Hmm. Oh, Chris Dunn only had five, seven, and five. Okay, in a in a blowout loss. Like, come on, man. There's no developing. You you want to get somewhere with with what you have on your team, and there's no no light at the end of this this bull's tunnel right now. There is none because they keep digging themselves into the grave more and more. And we talked about this a minute ago off the podcast. You think about all of the the quote-unquote moves that the Bulls front office has made to try and make this team better. All the way dating back to when they traded the I want to say 15th and 19th pick or 16th and 19th pick for the 11th pick. When that was that that turned out to be Yusuf Nurkic and Gary Harris for the 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 superb extremely talented Doug McDermott from Creighton. And we saw how that turned out. Now I don't even know where Doug McDermott is now. I don't even know if he has a job. And Yusuf Nurkic and Gary Harris are carving out very Good careers in their young, very good uh, 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 roles in their young careers right now. Yusuf Nurkic is doing a very good job in Portland, and and uh, Gary Harris has been pretty good for a couple of seasons now with Denver. And now you know <laughs> what I think. Doug is with Indiana, and he um, I wouldn't know. He's not playing badly, but he's not playing high level draft pick status either. He's not playing up to his eleventh pick. Matter of fact, he's not playing up to what we thought he was when he was at Creighton. And Creighton, the dude was a world beater. Yeah, he was a great player. What does that mean now, though? It means absolutely nothing. When you evaluate talent, when you're a scout, you have to make sure you're doing your homework. And it's very clear that whoever is behind the scout and the evaluating of talent, uh, <coughs> Gar Foreman, they're not doing a good job. Well, the homework is convenience. The homework is convenience. Garforman had connections to Doug McDermott's father, who's now the coach of Creighton. And they got enamored with Doug McDermott in college. And, yeah, he put up numbers. And, yeah, you needed that shooter 
at the time, but Gary Harris is also something you needed, and you still need Gary Harris. And Yusuf Nurkic, you know, you, you said this earlier, you know, off Yusuf Nurkic is something you would need right now, too. A stable big who's going to get you, you know, 15 and 10, you know, 18 and 9 occasionally, something like that. You need that. But let's not talk too much, Bulls. I want people to look, continue listening to the podcast, and I don't want to get angry. <laughs> yeah, sorry, guys. All right. Let's talk the baseball. And oh yeah. I know you like this. Bryce Harper, Manny Machado are still with no one. And I've changed my stance a bit on how I feel about just being mentioned, just being at the table, just being in the room. And that's this. You get this. I'm not content with it anymore. You get this right to be at the table and in the room. Don't get to the table and then lowball people. When you get to the table, be competitive at the table with your offers. Now, I don't know what the White Sox have offered, but the word is that Manny wants 10 years and the Sox are staunch on seven, which is fine with me. As a baseball player in his mid-20s, mid to early 20s, I wouldn't necessarily want a 10-year contract anyway because if I can get out of my contract at 30 and still be some good, I can get one last big contract. Yeah. I, I digress on that. It's all about Manny and Bryce. But don't get at the table, man, and, and lowball and then be laughed, laughed out of the room. Now, it's also being said that Manny wants a certain amount of money and nobody, not even the Yankees, are willing to pay this. Well, the Yankees are out of it now. I would think. Yeah, because they just got DJ LeMahieu for two uh, years and 24 mil, I think. And so that, that's kind of an indicator that maybe they're not, they're not really in the running. I'm not so sure. Yeah, you all, yeah. That's true. New York always finds a way. Yeah. Because who's the Yankees' second baseman? <laughs> Uh, trying to think. Uh, is Didi Gregorius? Didi's hurt. Well, I know they got a backup. Somebody's somebody's. They picked up, up Tulowitzki, but they got him at league minimum. That's right, Troy Tulowitzki. So we're looking. I'm I'm not convinced that DJ Lemayhew rules out Manny Machado. Okay, but you okay. know. There's still talk that the White Sox are in it. And for some, interestingly enough, Bryce and Manny both have quote-unquote mystery teams, which means to me agents are just throwing that out there to try to spike the price up. Well, you know who I, th- who I hope the mystery team for Bryce is because I don't think the Cubs are even sniffing Manny Machado. Uh, but, you know, I hope we <laughs> somehow can get in that race. But uh, Sox are in a good position, man. Sox are in a good seat. Oh, yeah. There's also talk that the Nationals have come out of nowhere for Bryce. And yeah. word is they're thinking they may even go to $400 million over 10 years. We'll see. That's, yeah. that's a 
God, that's a lot of cake. You're gonna, you're gonna, well, you better, you better hope that he uh, does everything in his power to bring you some titles because that's gonna probably lock them up from doing anything for some years. He better put on a genie uniform and blink his eyes and bring the Nationals a title. And I'm not talking about the Aladdin genie. I'm talking about the old school Barbara Eden. I dream of genie. Outfit. Oh man! Now you're going back. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, better you better don that fit and bring them some titles because anything less uh, is a disappointment for that amount of money. Yeah. But it'd be good to uh, haul him in and, and have him wearing some pinstripes on the south side. Old Manny Machado. There you go. I I, I think it's going to happen. They've done a lot of good, good, good setting up. I'll put it like that. And that's why, you know, I, I said what I said last time when we talked about it. And all, all bias aside, I honestly think the White Sox have a really good chance of Machado coming because not only do you have, uh, I, I can't remember his name, Sandra but it's. Alonso. Yes. Yonder Alonso is his brother-in-law, and John Jay is his best John friend. Jay. John Jay is his best friend. John Jay is a very, very good uh, pinch hitter. Uh, he, he's very good. Uh, when he was on the Cubs, he did very good for the Cubs. I, I definitely vouch for that man. That guy is – he comes up clutch when you need him. Uh, so I think they've set themselves very well at the table. It's just a matter of, like you said, not short – balling uh, or uh, low balling I should say Manny Machado's offer and just just doing what you got to do to get the player yeah I mean even if you don't get him Yonder Alonso is a solid hitter still and John Jay like you said he's a solid pinch hitter and both are considered solid clubhouse guys good vets so if you got a team full of young players that's still good for your young players so it's kind of in, in that instance it's kind of a win-win for the Sox We'll see. We'll see. Supposedly, this these announcements announcements were supposed to come like beginning of the year. Can you believe we're already in the middle of January? Yeah, time is flying by, man. I said that yesterday to somebody. It's ridiculous. I'm about to be 31 in like three days. Oh well, good for you. Not at all. <laughs> I'll get over it. <laughs> I know. I know, I know. There's older people out there saying, boy, please. Before you know it, the 300-pound gorilla that is 40 will jump on your back. And now you're scaring me. And yell, let's go. Yeah! Nope. Don't you curse me like that, Ricky. But there is... A disgusting Chicago area, Northwest Indiana area day taking place outside. Uh, I've enjoyed a few near-death experiences today already. So, <laughs> man, I I slid through lights and stop signs. It was it was borderline scary. Maybe you should stop speeding just to get to McDonald's. If if speeding is 25 miles an hour, I am guilty. <laughs> but on three occasions, a little bit of pee came out. And I, I saw 
a couple of lights flashed before my eyes. Oh man. No, not not the stoplights, actual flashing of lights in his eyes. Not my life, lights flash before my eyes. <laughs> that was funny. So we need the cockles of our hearts warmed on this dreary, snowy, yucky, disgusting day. And to do that, we're going to introduce you yet again to the Grub Report. Ah, yes. What you got, Jordan? Oh, okay. All right. So I know I disappointed a few times recently. Uh, I've even With disappointed your my- Domino's eating. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. So this week on the Grub Report, I uh, I finally tried something completely different. Restaurant I've been told is very good. Uh, and so while I was out this past week. Uh, working, I went to a uh, roti Medi- Mediterranean grill. I believe that's how you say it, a roti Mediterranean grill. It's a very, very good spot. And what I got this time, which I, I highly recommend, is called the Simple Rice Plate. And it has a variety of things. It has chicken kebab. They put this uh, really good I, I don't know what the seasoning is, but it's really well seasoned. Then they put this red sauce on it. Uh, and then they give you uh, this this rice pilaf. They give you mixed vegetables. They give you fresh cucumber and and tomato chopped vegetables, uh, or rather a, a, like a salad on the side. Then they give you hummus and a nice warm bread, all for under ten dollars. And it was extremely good, extremely healthy. If you're like me and you're trying not to, when you get to forty, be a part of the three hundred club. No, 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 no. This place, my friends, is the best. So check out Roadie Mediterranean Grill. Very healthy spot. Uh, they have a couple of chains all over the place, so I don't have an exact address. The one I was at, uh, I can't remember the, the area. Uh, it was like west of downtown Chicago, but it was extremely good. You can Google Roadie Mediterranean Grill. Like I said, there's there's a couple of lo- there's many locations actually around the city, uh, but yeah, try out that 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 rice plate. Yeah, it's pretty widespread, Rody. Um, I'm not big on the Mediterranean food kick. It's okay, but Rody Rody's pretty good. I, you know, if, if if I'm given if it's given to me, I'll eat it. You know, <laughs> everybody else wants to go, I'll be there. But I'm not I'm not running off to it. That's just my lack of taste for Mediterranean food. It has nothing to do with the quality of the food. When I have eaten at Rhodey, it's been good. I just don't rush off to eat there. I got you. I got you. Now, one of the places I do like to take advantage of when I rush off to eat somewhere is M Burger. So, I am at the M Burger in the Gold Coast area on, I believe, just off Michigan and Ontario, right next to Northwestern Hospital. And I had a doctor's appointment at Northwestern, and I said to myself, how can I completely disrespect the fact that I had a doctor's appointment today? (laughs) I know. Let me go get a buffalo chicken burger from M Burger. How can I end up back in the the hospital? (laughs) 
And my doctor was so nonchalant because this was a, a particular specialist that I see um, because I have problems. And I went to see the guy and I haven't seen him maybe about two, two and a half years. And he says, well, since the last time I seen you, what's been going on? And I said, well, you know, the medical assistant just weighed me and apparently I'm heavier than I was the last time. He's like, ah, who isn't? So this <laughs> lets me know. <laughs> Doesn't sound like he's a good doctor. <laughs> he was so cool about it. I mean, it wasn't terrible. It was like, I think I'm like two pounds heavier than I was the last time I saw him. So, okay. you know, he's like, ah, who isn't? So... <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it was cool dodge appointment so I celebrated my success by going to Emberger I guess even okay. though I to go there no matter what he said unless he specifically said do not go to Emberger and get a buffalo chicken sandwich I was going to go to Emberger and get a buffalo chicken sandwich now I may have offered this in a previous grub report Emberger uh, Jordan and I weren't sure and if I have, who cares? Take it, run with it. M Burger has several good selections of burgers. They even have an Impossible Burger, which if you listen to us regularly, especially last week, you'll understand that I don't think the Impossible Burger should qualify as a burger at all because there's no meat on it. So I get the, uh, the Buffalo Chicken Burger Sandwich. And they've changed it a bit since I've last been there. It used to be a patty. And, you know, it was was slathered in buffalo sauce with a blue cheese mayo. So delicious. On a soft brioche bun. Oh, brioche. Okay, you're getting fancy now. Oh, the brioche. They give you the skinny fries sprinkled with sea salt, sprinkled and tossed with sea salt. But these fries are glorious, my friend. The flavors, the, the, it's like, you know how some, some fries, not all of them, some fries taste better with salt on it. Yeah. I know. The way these fries taste, they're better with the salt. It was great. The buffalo chicken sandwich has a great, uh, spice to cool ratio with the with the uh, blue cheese and the buffalo sauce is to die for you're gonna pay if you get the combo of the fries you could get the drink but i didn't get the drink i actually because i had just gone to the doctor i said you know what i'm not gonna get a pop i'm gonna drink water (laughs) yeah well well for those who actually uh just get out of their hospital or doctor's appointment it literally is to die for if you just go straight to M Burger right after that, it's a setup, man. It's literally right across the street from Northwestern Hospital. Oh, also understand, like in this area, this is the Northwestern Hospital district here, and then you're oh, right okay. off the Gold Coast, so you got eateries and stuff. But all near this place, you have Grand Lux, you have M Burger, you have Do Right Donuts, you have Stan's Donuts. All these things are probably within a four block radius. Do right, oh my god! Yeah, you got some. You got some solid staples in there. Yeah, I'd say. 
I recommend the buffalo chicken sandwich. Now the way they make it is it's like buffalo tenders and they make a sandwich out of it. Usually I and I ordered using a a ordering app that I'm not going to say the name of because I think they should pay me to pub them. But I ordered using a ordering app and I ordered the sandwich. So by the time I got there it should have been ready. Now the person who was in charge there hadn't started preparing the sandwich because Emberger, this is a smaller Emberger. It's kind of it's like two or three people. It's a smaller kitchen. They hadn't started the sandwich. So she was like, I'm sorry. We hadn't started your sandwich. I know it's supposed to be ready right now. We're putting it on for you now. So what she did was she gave me like two more tenders on, on top of the sandwich. Uh-oh. So bonus. <laughs> it's all about patience, people. If you be patient with people who are jacking up your food, sometimes they'll give you more great food. Okay? Stop getting angry all the time. Be patient. Sometimes you will get the hookup. Sometimes. Sometimes. So, got the hookup that day. And again, the spice to cool to tang ratio of the buffalo sauce, the blue cheese, the bread, and the fries... Then a nice bottle of water that I had sitting back at work on my desk. It was great. It was great. And it was a rainy day that day. So it just, it really went well. Lifted my spirits after my great doctor's appointment. That was all of 11 minutes because there was nothing wrong with me. He just wanted to make sure I was still alive. And alive I was, my friend, right after I had that in burger. Other things at Emberger that are delicious are the Emberger, which they have their own sauce uh, on Emberger sauce. That's good. They have double cheeseburgers and everything like that. Their burgers are good. A little on the pricey side. A little on the pricey side. I say if you're going to go to Emberger, don't have less than $10 in your pocket. But it was Gold Coast. It was downtown Chicago or just outside of downtown Chicago. If you're familiar with that Gold Coast shopping district that's up up and down Michigan Avenue, where all the uh, rich and important people shop, and uh, you may even see some celebrities going down. Oh, okay. Once, once saw OJ Mayo walking the Michigan Avenue streets. No, you did not. No, yeah, you once, did not. Yeah. Actually, it was. I'm not, I think, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that in 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 excitement. You just said you'll see some rich and famous people, and then you say O.J. Mayo. Like, I want to seriously bump into O.J. Mayo. Well, this was the time period where he was considered to be a better-than-average NBA player. <sighs> this, was, this was, I think this was right at the end of Derek's first injury, and he was still in the hospital, and I think O.J. was in town to see him. And... And he went to see Derek, and I saw O.J. Mayo walking down the street with uh, two mildly attractive women. <laughs> well, all right. Yeah, and I, I mean, I've, I've seen other people up and down Michigan Avenue, but, you know, you're bumping some, into some people. Nike Town's up and down there, so anybody that's familiar with the Gold Coast, they, they know what's over there. They know what's over there. So <laughs> my, my point was, you know, you're going to pay a slight inflation just because of the area and then if it's by a hospital you know people like to take advantage of people from hospitals and overprice overprice and overcharge people so there's that but in burger there's another location also in the thompson center 
I even saw one. I think there's an Inburger in the shopping district up by Skokie. I think there's an Inburger up there. You can uh, do like Jordan would tell you. You can Google it. But I did give you a couple of locations that you can reach out to. Great food. Just prepare to pay a little more than you would at a standard burger joint. Okay. All right. I'm going to check it out. I just I just want to make sure I have a good bill of health first. You've never been to Emberger? Oh, no. I've never been to Emberger. I've been to a, a, a burger spot with an M on top of it. Been to McDonald's oh, plenty of times, but uh, never been to Emberger. So here's the thing, and this is only what I've heard. This is only legend that I've heard. That Emberger uh -oh. is somehow a branch off of McDonald's. Well, uh, okay. I, I, I don't know where to go with that. I, hopefully I can... It's like an old corporate employee and he started his own thing. Not totally sure. It could all be just contrived. Check your Snopes. But... <laughs> <laughs> I've just heard that. I've just heard that. Regardless, delicious food. Limited menu. They got a few off. They got chicken. They have a chicken sandwich which is pretty good. So they got a variety of things. They sell chicken tenders now. But the fries, their lemonades are good, too. They make a lemonade freshly squeezed. Oh, fresh. Okay. Freshly squeezed. <laughs> well, I guess I will check that out. Some interesting things that you may hear coming up on some future podcasts since the sports world is going to slow down a little bit for us. The Bulls are trash. The Bears are gone. And there's yeah. a holding in baseball. So we may dive into some little ancillary subjects and maybe even some more subjects that aren't necessarily sports related. We might even talk a little liquor. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Here we go. Oh, yeah. So it remains to be seen. But I do want to whet the appetite of the stay podcast listener you know we're going to try to keep this thing going until we take another break probably sometime in april thinking about taking a vacation hey man that's okay when you get back from your vacay you know there'll be something else to talk about make sure you take plenty of pictures brother i guess i mean <laughs> you're not the picture taker huh? i'm not the wife is a picture taker Oh, I got you. She's always like, Chris, make sure you take pictures. Whenever I go somewhere special and she can't make it, or like to an event or something, a get-together, like, make sure yeah. you take pictures. And I'm like, okay. And I end up taking one or two pictures and bringing that back to her. Like, here, I'll text them to you. <laughs> it's like, you took two pictures? Like, yeah. Not big on uh, recording all my memories. <laughs> Come on, man. Get with the program, brother. You never know when you when when you're not gonna be able to do uh, you know something you've done again. You gotta you gotta you gotta keep it in the memory bank. If I see something great, I'll take a picture of it. Like even when I took my trip to and I was willing to do it then. When I took the trip down to Tennessee a few a few weeks, actually it's been a month now. Uh, my month ago. I wanted to take some pictures. You know, we stopped by Louisville and everything. I just didn't. It was like, eh. Whatever. <laughs> well, hopefully you got some good stories like when I had to talk about my Tennessee uh, 
tirade. You know, that maybe maybe that's what the stay ass people want. I didn't encounter any racism. I gave you my story. I went to the most glorious pancake house I've ever been to in my life. All right. Well, but we will have some stories and all sorts, all sorts of uh, anecdotes from the Stay House podcast, and we'll dive into some, again, some other subject matters. So stay with us. We not, might not be talking about your favorite sports team, but we will incorporate some other subjects. Try to get some uh, people on who are experts or or dive into those areas. And keep it fresh. Got to keep fresh material. That's right. Nobody wants to talk about the Bulls and the Bears are done. And yeah, we're already mourning over them. So we got we got to keep our spirits up. Maybe we'll have Cody Parkey on. Yeah, since he likes being on all the type of uh, all, all, since he's doing his uh, world tour of uh, the the doink the doink tour, we'll we'll, we'll get him in. <laughs> the double doink tour. That's right. <laughs> the <laughs> God. Well, you've had fun with Chris, and you've had fun with Jordan. Yay. Again, follow us on social media at Stay Oz Podcast, at Stay Oz Podcast. There we go. All on right. Instagram and on Twitter. Subscribe on your podcast distributor. Wherever you listen to podcasts, subscribe. All right. Shout out to all our supporters out there. Uh, we see you, Eric. DJ Nova. He's not Kid Nova anymore. He's DJ Nova. He's a grown man. Let's make sure we point that out. Yeah. My and fault. other supporters who have remained unnamed. And who cares? You know who you are. We thank you. We appreciate you. Join us next week. Hit subscribe. Hit subscribe. Follow us. Join us next week. I'll let you. All right, y'all.